You're listening to the Bomb Bad Generals. General. Welcome back, everyone, to the Bomb Bad Generals. We've got a special episode today, not the least of which because we have a special guest. It's me, Matt, and I'm with Mike Barry once again. Hello, Mike. Hey, hey, hey! Glad to be back. I, uh, the Legion world is changing rapidly these days. It's changing rapidly, and instead of being on the forefront, we were waiting a few days for the dust to settle. We're recording this on Wednesday night. The new CRB came out on Monday, so we know a few more things that we did a few days ago. But before we get into that, you're probably asking, where is Seth? So Seth is quite possibly viewing the birth of his child as we speak. He's at the hospital. So Mike very graciously hopped in so I didn't have to monologue this entire episode. I did call Todd first, our other co-host, but unfortunately he is the midwife for this uh, birth, so he was not available either. So thanks for for coming in on short notice, Mike. Yeah, no problem. I uh, I, I reached out to Todd too, and uh, he just he seemed like he was busy, so <laughs> had his hands full, maybe quite literally. Yes, well, very soon for sure. So. A couple things. We mentioned that we're recording this on Wednesday. It sounds like there's going to be an updated uh, CRB releasing probably Thursday or Friday. So some of the things we speak about uh, might have changed in the meantime. So definitely give the new one a read over. There's lots of forum clarifications coming out. So obviously that takes precedence. The things that we are saying are not gospel. It's just the rules as best we interpret them. And there's some small stuff. We're not going to get into every single thing that changed. Uh, but we'll try to hit the big things. So anything you want to add on or should we just get going here, Mike? I, I, I think you stressing that like things are open to change is like important because I think some of some of what's going on right now is that there's like a lot of ambiguity that has been like left open to interpretation. And it's not like we're waiting on forum rulings and stuff. So, um, you know, things we say could be very well be wrong and we just don't know it, know it yet. Right. Yeah, 100%. And I think there's some spots where they tried to streamline the wording because, you know, maybe something was in that original rulebook for one very small edge case and they just tried to to simplify the wording. And there's a few questions that might be, again, clarified on the forum as, is this an intentional thing or did something just get missed in the update? So... The other thing actually to mention is that we're just discussing the core rulebook today. We're not going to get into the new tournament document. So I have a bunch of notes from my full read through of the CRB. We can go through those. I'm thinking we'll save the juiciest thing, which is cover and line of sight for last. Mm-hmm. And then kind of discuss our, our feelings kind of as we go, but also at the end. So first things first, all objective tokens are unclaimed by default. That's point number one. And point number two, you cannot start in base contact with an unclaimed objective token. Mike, what does this mean? It means a couple of things. So it means you can't like scout into an objective token and you can't infiltrate onto an objective token, which are two pretty large departures from what we're used to. And I, I don't know. I mean, I think there's probably going to have to be like a forum ruling for like bombing run based on that verbiage <laughs> considering those but they are tokens. claimed they start claimed that's the thing right what is unclaimed actually though are vaps because technically they are objective tokens and since they are placed unclaimed by default you cannot scout up to 
evaporator and oh, start base contact with it and yeah. infiltrate same thing it's that's you know things like recover are intuitive you think about it because yeah it's unclaimed we claim mm -hmm. it later but vaps also fall into that category so that's kind of something i wanted to highlight there absolutely and, and i think it's not like a huge deal but it is one of nope. those things where it's gonna it's probably on those objectives you know we're used to being able to like scout your strike teams in, into those objectives and it's going to cost you an extra action basically um to kind of set up the pre-game to, to do those things yeah this as i think this one's pretty subtle makes you a little less action efficient at the start of the game on your home objectives infiltrating on the center box was kind of a losing strategy in yeah. many circumstances before it could be effective sometimes and it, when it was effective it was kind of feels bad so i don't really mind this change I don't mind it either. I always felt like um, infiltrating on the center box or trying to do like a center box grab on turn one against somebody that like knows how to handle it, which is most competitive Legion players. Like it's just not, it's, it's a trap. Don't, don't try it. You're going to get it's wasted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so while we're talking about VAPs, here's, here's the big thing that, that ties into VAPs. So when you figure out who wins a game, first thing you look at is VPs. How many VPs did you score? If that's tied, you go to kill points. If that is still tied, this is the change. Instead of blue player winning points destroyed ties, now it is the player whose army consisted of more points at the start of the game. So not necessarily red player, but in many circumstances, it will be. It's, it's the player without the bid. And then yeah. if you're still tied, the game is a draw. So just to touch on that briefly, like draws can be a thing now that's kind of for tos to figure out how they want to deal with that but i i think i think a lot of people i've seen a lot of people be like oh my god draws are a thing it's crazy it's ridiculous i actually think it's going to be quite rare um, it is a hundred percent like i don't i i would be surprised if most tournaments had like i would be surprised if lvo or adepticon even had one draw to be completely honest it will be very rare but it is something that has to be accounted for in tournament packets so totally. if you're also like running uh, an event locally you know if, if any you know future tos are listening just something to be aware of there but what about the big change yeah i mean i think I th the way that I'm going to be honest, I've had like like grappling with the idea that blue player no longer wins ties is like really mind screwed me <laughs> over the past week. Just like because mm -hmm. so much of competitive legion is really based on that like fundamental principle of if you're blue, you start the game winning, and that's mm -hmm. not really the case anymore. Who is comfortable with the status quo? Blue player. They're comfortable because they are winning the game at the start, so they kind of take on that defender role, and red player got the attacker role. Like we kind of had that dynamic before, and now it's different. And now it's, I mean, it's it's kind of red player, I think, is going to have more of that status quo. It's going to be weird because a lot of the objectives that um, set up that status quo, you're going to not want to take anymore because if they're mm -hmm. in your deck, if you win the bid and you get to be blue player and we're using your battle deck, you won't, you don't want to play those objectives because your opponent likely lost the bid and will then be the defender and you will be the aggressor, right? So like you're, you're not incentivized to take things that break on ties like Sabs. Um, Sabs is definitely the most obvious one. For sure. Like before... You didn't really want to be red player on Vaps. Like, that wasn't a spot 
a lot of lists wanted to be in. So now why would you willingly choose? Because if you're using your battle deck, most likely, like I think you still take blue most of the time if you are, if you have the bid. So then do you really want to be choosing to be what red player on VAPS used to be? Probably not. It, it's my hope that we we actually see some changes to some of the objective cards because I do think that they're based around the principle of blue player being like if, if blue player isn't incentivized to take these cards, like they're just not going to get taken. I didn't actually write this down in my notes, but something to bring up here is that objective cards are no longer secret information. Command cards are objectives, deployments, conditions are not secret information. So if the if someone has the bid, they can look at your cards. Uh, before determining whose they want to take. I, I will say I don't hate this change from a turn zero dichotomy. I, I think it really kind of flips the whole um, who's advantaged on turn zero. Uh, maybe not on its head, but I do think it's it's at least at this point less clear if you want to be, you know, blue or red or if you want to bid or not bid. Like the, the ties a, change does. Yeah, there's a serious yeah. um, there's a serious consequence to to bidding aggressively now um which i think right. is a good good thing i do think that the change as far as secret information is a big buff to bidding too so we'll see how those two changes kind of balance each other if one weighs the other just because i'm thinking about you know for example socal the the game i lost in the top eight there part of the reason that things started badly and then kind of snowballed for me was i guessed wrong about what was in my opponent's battle deck yep and as the bid, I took red, and then it was like, oh shoot, you don't have long, short, you don't have long deployments, you have short deployments. That's not what I wanted to see, right? So now, if you, we rewind that with new rules, now I can look, oh, you do not have a battle deck I want to play, we'll play mine now. So there's more perfect information when you're making those choices. But yes, there is more risk involved with having a bigger bid and starting as the attacker. I think a lot of these changes, we'll talk when we talk about cover similar, it's kind of pushing towards more aggressive aggro legion. Absolutely. Um, which is a choice. Like I like the more <laughs> defensive, smaller advantage legion, but it is what it is. It's a choice. It's it's how we're going. So we'll move on for the moment then. The next note I have, cohesion. You can't cohere on different levels anymore, and that goes for everybody. You can you cohere within the height of your silhouette so essentially you can't climb and then leave some minis down below like kind of what you used to do with old old-timey sniper teams when you would leave one guy in the strike team at the bottom one guy on top you can't do that speeders you can't leave them on different levels so not necessarily a big change there it, it's just kind of one of those ones where it is what it is yeah, I think I think that's fine. You know, um, yeah. not a big deal. The, well, the one thing to note is that the speeders, like speeder bikes, their silhouettes are very thin. So if we're talking about on a level that's within the height of a silhouette, you, you're essentially like exactly the same level, um, which could make a difference as far as if you have terrain that's only yay big, maybe you can't land on top of it because you won't have a spot for that second bike. So that's the only thing that is really something you should consider. I suspect this is something we're going to see like a forum ruling on. Yeah. Climbing. While we're talking about verticality, climbing, this was one of the first things I was looking at. So it, if you do a climb, it triggers relentless, 
charge, steady, all of those, because that is just looking for a move action, and climbing is a move action. It is not a standard move action, so it does not trigger things like tactical, agile, and you can't do it on like a speed X move. So if your command card says do a speed one move, that's a standard move. You can't substitute a climb for it. So just kind of a clarification on what can happen. That makes Vader really nasty specifically because I've been trying Vader with climbing rules and uh, man, oh man, giving him jump and relentless kind of is uh, is pretty nasty. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he benefits a lot from the rules. I do think that this is probably a good place to just, like, talk about speed X moves if you've got that on your list. Um, and, and just, like, how the language there has changed. It's basically changed just the way you kind of explained it there. Like, speed, like a speed X move is, is not really a thing anymore. It's, less like, a standard move that is a move action um, for a distance right yeah but not necessarily an action yeah, well well yeah, i yeah. guess what i'm saying is like mm -hmm. a move that triggers anything will specifically have action specified in it is what mm -hmm. i'm trying to exactly. say i probably said that pretty yeah. poorly oh um, no problem but you know, it, basically the rule book has and, and i think this is good we you know classifying things as speed x is kind of like was a little weird to begin with um it's just like if it's an action it should probably trigger something um yeah. there's like a, an additional um classification for standard moves for things like agile and tactical and stuff next this is kind of los but i think it's different from the the meat of the conversation vehicles uh ground vehicles or hover ground vehicles block LOS with their silhouette. So the silhouette for the vehicle goes basically up to the top of the armor. It ignores any crew. So you get, let's say for an ATST, you get a big, huge cylinder from the base, stretching all the way up to a height equal to the top of the ATST. So you get big LOS blocking pieces from your ground vehicles now. I don't know how I feel about the change yet because I haven't really messed around with it in like an actual game. It's a big buff to vehicles, I think. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people have been like, you know, checking if droid decas are uh, actually taller than a silhouette. I'm not actually sure if that's true or not yet. Uh, I've, 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 I think I've it heard... depends how you model them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I also think that um, I don't know if there's been any clarification on like modeling for advantage with vehicles just because a lot of vehicles are like on pegs and stuff and mm -hmm. you know depending on how you model your vehicles like the height can change probably not a huge deal but like blocking line of sight to like having every vehicle essentially be able to perform the like the duties of a bus in screening your force um is it, it's it, pretty good it's an, it's it's a lot i think that two things because yeah assembly modeling for advantage we definitely need to see some clarification on that and then i think if your plan is to like get three ATRTs in a line and advance behind them, I, I don't think those are going to work great just because action timing gets clunky, but we'll see. I'm yeah, interested to see how that goes. I think it's definitely, it's something that I think people can try. I'm not, I'm not holding out hope that it will be good just because I think a lot of those things rely on the units themselves to kind of pull their own weight and I don't think ATRTs generally have traditionally done that yep. <laughs> but I definitely can see people trying like a you know triple ATRT flamer screen um, and trying to you know just like rush a bunch of fleet troopers up behind them or something you know or uh, you know like if you're traveling to an event I've been to events where I'm like oh shoot these tables I some of them I can't really even hide a single mini truly out of LOS so if you just say hey I'm taking 
mall and separatists, you know what? I'm gonna have a couple droidicas doing their own thing, but in a pinch, I can use them to block LOS to mall while he advances. A little bit of like bad luck protection, a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> now, emplacements and creatures, they do not provide cover anymore. So previously they would have provided light cover, uh, they do not. So just something to note there. The unit leader must have line of sight to a defending mini to make an attack. That's a pretty big change. That's a huge change. Uh, yeah. We're getting into the things that I'm a little unsure about. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll skip this one for now. We'll skip this one for now and come back to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one, I think, is not necessarily part of the big changes for cover. It is a change, but I think we can kind of talk about it on its own. Light cover wins ties. And that's to say, if you have four minis in cover, two in heavy, two in light, before, that would have been heavy cover. Now, that is light cover. You need more minis in heavy than light to get heavy cover. So that's a big change. And it's kind of a, a weird one. It's, it's a really weird interaction. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, we've kind of like dove through it on the, on the discord a few times going through like various iterations of like, um, angles and, and how that might work. And I think the biggest thing is that like, it is strange that a unit that like has two guys in the open and two guys in heavy cover has heavy cover and a unit that has two guys in light cover and two guys in heavy cover has light cover. I think that's yeah. very unintuitive from just a gameplay standpoint. Um, yeah, it's weird that you're incentivized to like put light cover between yourself and the defender in that scenario so that you can reduce their cover. But yeah, and you definitely, I think... As an attacker, you can try and leverage light cover pieces to screen your shots to make them better, which is like a little weird. Like if you're hugging, mm -hmm. if you are hugging a terrain piece that is giving light cover, um, it sort of allows you to like leverage that terrain piece to make other people's cover potentially less good. It's weird, but it, it is what it is. Something to be aware of when you're cohering your guys. Standby. Standby has changed, so now it says that you can't attack and standby in the same activation. The reason this was big before is you couldn't attack with a unit and then like guidance a standby onto them later in the round. Because before it said if you have attacked this round, you can't do a standby after attacking. So that's good for Yoda, and mostly it's good for Dark Troopers. They can attack in their first activation, and then in their second activation they can still take a standby. So. Kind of another one is what it is, something to be aware of, I think. Yeah, totally. Totally agree. Okay, now we get to payload. So, there was clarification around pa payload specifically that panicked units can still move the cart because that's not scoring. The cart's position is scoring, not moving the cart. So, if you have three unit leaders on a payload and one of them's panicked, you still count as having three unit leaders on the payload. I hope that they change that. I, I think like it goes against the spirit. Like if if they're trying yeah, to do I, this thing where like people can't intuitive. count because they're panicked or whatever, like they shouldn't account for payload. It, yeah. I, like I understand how the card is written. It makes it that way, but it would be very right. easy just to be like, no, they don't count. So um, until they change that, that's how it be. Yep. Uh, but there's actually even some more things with payload. Before, payload kind of had jump infinity. It could move over any terrain it needed to. Now, it cannot do that. It can move over terrain 
equal or less than to its silhouette height, and the silhouette is to the top of the handlebars. <laughs> so basically, a tall barricade and below. Welcome and to the danger zone. <laughs> that's huge. Like I was thinking about, I love payload. It might be my favorite objective, but and, I, and when this change was revealed, I was like, well, I, I still want to put it in my deck, but that's so low that the chances that, especially if the other player, if you're a blue player, payload is in your deck. Yep. Then red player knows that they can pick a table side. They can have the last ban to pick a deployment where they know they can screw you over, where it's there's a wall or something you have to go around because often payload comes down to just a few inches and just even a little bit of deflection can screw you over and you could get a lot of deflection if you have to go around big structures now. Yeah, I also think like, you know, ju just like going back to the that red player is probably also the one with more points in their list. Um, they're also like the, the defender in this scenario, right? Um, mm -hmm. So like they're winning ties on the payload. They have an incentive not to cross the beams. So they they might I, just see too that like, hey, because of this wall, you literally can't score your payload. And yeah. now it just, I'm just going to sit on my hands and make this a zero, zero game. Come at me. Totally. You know, and yeah. all of a sudden you're like playing like super old K KP. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that this means that you, I'm not sure you can put payload in your deck competitively yeah. this, at this point. Yeah, this one makes me super sad. I thought, I know people had mixed opinions on VAPS and some people are happy to kind of see it get kicked to the curb. I liked VAPS. I really liked payload and I felt like this does it really dirty. Shield tokens. This is a, a small step, but a important one. Now shield tokens happen during the modify attack dice step instead of the apply dodge and cover step. So there's a couple reasons this could matter. If you think about a AA5 with shields, impact happens also in the modify attack dice step and the attacker does their things before the defender. So now if you've got shields, you wait for the attacker to turn a hit to a crit, and then you can cancel that crit with your shields. You could not do that before because you were essentially canceling hits before they turned into crits with impact. So that's something. And then lethal um, also happens through the attack modify, the modify attack dice step. So if you know when you spend the shield if the opponent has spent an aim for lethal or not. So that just matters if, like, I don't know, Echo is shooting Sabine, and you thought, um, I don't want to spend my shield if they aren't spending for lethal, but now that they've spent for lethal, yeah, I'll cancel that. So just something to be aware of again. Any thoughts on that? Kind of a small uh, one. I, I think it's a good change. This one we'll touch on quickly just because there was a lot of confusion around it. Rules as written, but arsenal units with arsenal can split fire. So if you have arsenal two, let's say with Boba Fett, you can shoot two different targets, split your fire. Um, lots of questions about that. That one's been on the forums. They're going to clarify that potentially by the time you're hearing this. Gunslinger. It's reworded in kind of a weird way. Um essentially so you can't fire support off of the second attack that gunslinger gives but you still get uh dodges for both attacks and a forum clarification going through this 
basically says that each different attack pool resolving is a different attack resolving, which means unlike previously, if you split fire with arsenal or even a regular unit on a card like up close and personal, now you would get a dodge multiple times for each, you know, one for each attack that's at range one to two versus before they counted as one attack, you got one dodge. Any thoughts on this? Were you one of the people looking forward to IG-11 with uh, with Gideon, Gunslinger um, Fire Support? As, as somebody who's who's uh, basically, you know, Rex has Gunslinger, and Gunslinger mm-hmm. in, uh, with double fire support has, you know, always been pretty good. I, I'm not, not in love with it. Uh, it's definitely a nerf to, I think, basically, I think Rex. I think this hits mostly. Um, I'm also, you know... Uh, we're still in the kind of like digesting the rules phase and I didn't really look super closely at Gunslinger. I actually think that the the way that Gunslinger reads in the core rulebook, um, you actually might be able to form the second pool with something that fire supported the first pool, but that's something else altogether. Oh, we won't touch that one, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those ones where it looks like it it's it's worded in such a confusing way and i don't know if that was intentional to avoid gunslinger fire supports with the gideon three pip coming out or if it was just to make it fit in how some new verbiage works and how they talk about attacks yeah hard to say but that's how it is uh here's a fun one line of sight cannot be drawn to or from units in a closed transport and then we can take that actually at the same time with if the transport you are in gets destroyed, you still pop out with a wound and a suppression. But also, if you have a face-up order, it gets flipped down. And if you don't have an order, then you are assigned a face-down order token. So essentially, you are activated for the turn. So those are two cl- changes to transports. Mike, what are your thoughts on that? I love these changes. I think uh, um, previously it was really awkward to decide whether or not to like deal with um like a transport transporting mall or black sun or or whatever because if you blow up the transport all of a sudden they've got multiple actions with which to to mess with you and if you don't blow up the transport like they're getting to do the thing that they wanted to do um so it's kind of like a damned if you do damned if you don't sort of situation um and I, I like that this actually gives you an incentive to interact with the transporting piece. Um, it's definitely very punishing, mm-hmm. but I think that's fine. It's very, I think it really hurts closed transport. Like if you think about, you know, Vader lap or Maul in a bus, if you leave that thing on the brink of death at the end of the round, and then you go before Vader or Maul can get out, first activation of the following turn, blow that thing up. They're now flapping in the breeze out in the open, having counted as activated, they're dead. And and you've won the game at that point, right? So Probably. It felt like you couldn't interact with how the bus yeah. was doing, oh. doing anything. It was just like, it felt horrible. It, it neuters all transports, but like, I am okay with that. Yeah. I It was an interaction that personally for me, I didn't love in the game because of the interactivity. I think it also, unfortunately, maybe, you know, really hurts IG-11. I've been long in the, you know, (laughs) saying that I think IG-11 really needs to be in a speeder, in a land speeder to be effective. And these both hurt him. And actually, for him specifically, you also can't do a self-destruct from within a transport. 
I don't think I, I was never finding myself wanting to do that anyways. Usually I'd want to self-destruct in a way that doesn't murder my own land speeder <laughs> because it's got impact three and yeah. a lot of dice. But and probably Pierce. That's too. another change. Couple other things to note, since you can't draw a line of sight to a unit in a closed transport, uh, you cannot hit it with an Amban shot from Din anymore. <sighs> so you can't pick off guys inside. Yay, That's fine. Closing loopholes. If the other thing though is that Say you had Anakin in a lat, you cannot see him, you cannot spend his tokens with Exemplar if he's hanging out in the lat. So moving along, here's a here's a change that I am a fan of. You can, if you have a weapon with Cumbersome, you can now attack and then move. You still can't move then attack, but at least you can attack and then move. What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, I think um, anything to help these like Cumbersome units out, I think is great. Um, this is going to be one that is probably going to take some getting used to for me. I think the only unit that I really play with it is um, the RPS with the clones. Um, mm -hmm. But the fact that, I, you know, you can you can shoot and then move is kind of a... It's nice. Uh, yeah, I think you, it's quality of life increase. I think it's good. Like, a lot of the, the, the guns with Cumbersome are, are varying degrees of bad to okay right now to good, like... I'd say probably the shore mortar is one of the best of them. Mm -hmm. um, so now you can at least shoot and then reposition so that you can get a, a shot next turn or you can get out of dodge. I think I really like this for Cassian because of, I, I still don't know if Cassian's great, but if he's in his sniper mode, then at least he can snipe something and then move, set up a new shot for next turn. Because right now that's one of the big things. You can you know exactly where Cassian's gonna be sniping from and you can hide yep. from him. Totally. So that's great for him. And when he moves, if K2 hasn't gone, he won't be able to use his aim from tactical, but hey, you're giving another aim to K2. Anything else that you want to bring up before we talk about cover and line of sight more in depth? No, I think I think you hit most of it, um, if not all of it, to be honest. Uh, I think the, the big stuff that I think needs to be talked about is probably the cover stuff, which we can dive into all right. at a leisure. Okay, go for it. Here, you you, uh, you take the lead on this one, Mike. What, what has changed with line of sight and cover? <laughs> so I think a, a few things of note that are huge changes. We already kind of touched on um, you can only shoot at things if your unit leader can see. That's a very mm -hmm. big departure. So you can't, you know, if you've got a heavy weapon that can see, your unit leader still has to see. Mm -hmm. um, additionally, the, the I guess maybe largest change to the line of sight and cover stuff is how you determine cover and the silhouettes that are involved in it. So mm -hmm. um, previously, we're used to basically drawing line of sight from the top of the attacking miniature silhouette in a straight line to the center of the defending miniatures in whatever you're shooting at. And mm -hmm. depending on if that line crosses terrain and if that terrain obscures them, you determine cover that way. It is no longer done that way. And the way in, and you're basically drawing a line, you're drawing a ton of lines. It's kind of like mm. a, I don't know. It's more an like an infinite a, number of lines. An almost inf infinite number of lines. It's kind of, I think it's it maybe more healthy to think of it as sort of like a tunnel a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, yep. And it's basically from every point on the attacker silhouette, 
including from the tippy top of its silhouette down to, you know, the underneath its toes to every point on the defender silhouette. And if any of those lines are obstructed, it, it's going to count for cover. So if any, only the lines to half of a squad, mm-hmm. if they're obstructed, they're getting cover. And it's just mu- so I guess I'm not sure if I describe that in the best way. Let's hear. How about an example? So let's say now you are attacking. Your unit leader is an inch behind a barricade, directly behind the barricade by about an inch. And range three away, the other squad is standing in the middle of nowhere, nothing around, right? Before, you would look from the top of your silhouette and say, I can see over top of this barricade, it doesn't obscure you from the top of my silhouette, you are in the open. Now, since you look from every part of your silhouette, you would also have to look from the bottom of your silhouette, in which case you go through that barricade in front of you and you can't see the defender. So now they are getting cover from that barricade. They're in heavy cover, even though you can see them completely uh, in the open by the old rules. Now, if you are touching the barricade, you get to ignore terrain that you are touching still. Yep, just like it was before. Just generally speaking, like that is, it's a low bar for... For finding cover, there's going to be a lot more cover floating around and some very weird situations. Yeah, there's a ton more cover. The The way I've kind of been shorthanding this whole thing is that you basically draw a line of sight from your feet. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not quite that simple, but I think it's a good shorthand for like, that's where I'm going to start. <laughs> if you have uh, cover from the top, you probably have cover from the feet. Like yeah. That's probably going to be the deal breaker on, on a lot of these ones. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a lot of cover. Um, basically, I played, I think, two games now with it. I think I've taken maybe one out of cover shot. It's tough. I think, well, you know, things like um, bikes, you know, before that you were trying to flank with. And I think for me, the thing that annoys me about this is it feels like it's a big it takes away a lot of the the skill and like some of the tactics that I really enjoyed which was finding open shots and flanking shots it's so much harder to flank now it's so much harder and really the best this is kind of goes back to what I was saying with it kind of I kind of interpret this at least in the games I've played so far maybe because I was using bikes as more aggro legion like I was finding hey the best way I can get you out of cover isn't by cleverly maneuvering around and getting a flanking shot it's by zooming right up to your face touching the cover that you're getting cover from so that i can ignore it and get you in the open which is much more aggressive than it we is. would have been playing before i think i think there's a, a few things to note here so like wookies and like b1s i think really benefit from this change from a from a defending against range attacks standpoint i think you know wookies might be not as good for some other reasons and other changes but i also think like the value of sharpshooter has i think gone through the roof a little a little bit sharpshooter and blast um you're gonna be before those keywords sort of they weren't do nothings they were like always decent but i think you're gonna feel the impact of those keywords way more now yes for sure for sure and, you know, there are some already very good units that 
have those keywords, they're just gonna get better. I'm I'm looking at you, Empire Boba. You talking about full arcs? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Um, I'm looking at you, Blizzard Force 2 Pip. Hey, yeah. I've got Blast, who cares? Um, uh, or maybe even we'll see how good Dark Troopers end up being. You know, that's... We'll see. I'm going to be testing them a lot after LVO, but they've got Blast on one of their weapons, right? So, yeah, those ones are very good keywords now. I do think, you know, I think a lot of people will think initially, oh, more cover, that's good for white saves. But also, if you think about, like, clones, it's still really good for them to not have to roll saves. Because before, if I could get a flanking shot and make you roll four saves or five saves, I could get two, three guys down. If I'm only ever taking two or three making you roll two or three dice now it's a lot more likely that you'll just have maybe even some good variants and just save out and not take attrition and and fire back and destroy me right so i think those units it's different ways that we'll see the the cover manifest yeah i also think like (laughs) not to like um pump up pikes more than they already have been but pikes love this change like mm-hmm. they're like mm-hmm. we we're always in heavy cover now plus our dodge tokens before you were like oh man i got the pikes out of cover i only have to eat through three dodge tokens <laughs> like that's not really going to be a thing anymore <laughs> and they're used to shooting through cover yeah right like they yeah. they were always kind of you were assuming they're shooting into heavy cover before right unlike bikes or staps or stuff like that where they were kind of getting value from getting those flanking shots or even someone like han you know who really doesn't want to be shooting into heavy cover i was really liking han with you know the changes to wound allocation when he can play reckless diversion and stuff like his command hand like i was looking forward to han and with the the climb changes and steady jumping up but now it's like, well, Han shooting into heavy cover is not the same beast. No, it's not. And I definitely think, like, uh, you know, to talk about, like, Eunice's disproportionately affects, like, this stresses, I think, a, a situation that has kind of been, like, being built as the game has moved on. And then it just, like, larger dice pools get mm-hmm. around this way more than things with small dice pools, right? Like, you know, Han with two red dice on his thing is like, oh, I got I got one through cover, like, woohoo, right? Um, meanwhile, you know, your Z6 units are like, yeah, I mean, we can still push past this cover if we have to, right? Um, yeah, even someone like Lando, you know, he's like, I think it shows the limitations of Sharpshooter 2 because sure, he's got Sharpshooter 2, but he still is only throwing black-red, right? It's... It's all right, depending on the matchup, but against droids, you're still not feeling great with with guys like Lando versus guys like Boba, who are putting five, six dice past cover, uh, depending on what what card they're playing. I think usually five, I guess, for uh, for Empire Boba. Absolutely. I also think, like, I was sort of on the fence whether all of the, um, you know, like, wound allocation, like, for, for... Hitting a hitting a unit, you've got to basically your unit leader can't take the the wound first and then teleport anymore. So strike teams mm-hmm. can't you know hide behind things and do the little teleporty thing. No, for sure. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things working against strike teams right now. I think to to kind of go backwards a little bit to the discussion of the attacker has to see. So I guess rewinding even more, when it was looking like you could basically have reciprocal LOS, you know, because before it's like, hey, I look from the middle of my L- my silhouette, I see the corner of your silhouette, 
I can attack you, but you cannot look from the corner of your silhouette back to me. So you could kind of attack without being attacked back before. I was hoping, based on the rules previews, that now it was like, well, now I can see you with the corner of my silhouette, so I can attack you back. So at least if you're shooting me, I can attack back. It's reciprocal. But the unit leader changes that because you can... There are situations where you can set up your attackers to see guys in the defending unit so that they can suffer wounds, but the defending unit's unit leader cannot see you, so they cannot attack you back without moving or, or whatever. So it can still be gamed there, and I that's why I kind of feel like, man, why did they do this? Like It feels like they're trying to get rid of those gamey interactions, but then they just introduced a, a different one. I actually think in the scenario you outlined there, it is more likely to be gamed in in this in the new rules we have. Um just because before like any model, you you just needed to be able to see with any model. Mm-hmm. Now you have to see with one of five, right? Like which is which is a pretty substantial change depending on like where that unit is and being able to kind of game the system i've also seen people saying you know before like oh this is nice cohesion will take less time now because you don't have to be as fiddly now that scoping is gone and it's like well now you really do have to worry about it because you don't want to set up your opponent to be able to see your squad but not your unit leader seeing them back so it's just again it's not solving it's solving a problem that you can argue whether or not it was a problem but it's also introducing a new problem and and we haven't really touched on vehicle um uh (laughs) cover yet it's kind of the best way i could describe it is it's what people misinterpreted cover to be lat before in the old rules and maybe kind of what the developers misinterpreted cover to be based on the preview article but at the time of the attack you look at the vehicle silhouette and determine if 50 percent of it or more is obscured now there's a couple problems with this because if you're looking from every point on your silhouette to every point on their silhouette, how do you calculate um, what 50% is when you're drawing from different points? So that's something we have to get clarified. I know Kyle's asked that on the forum, so keep an eye out for that. Yep, you want to jump in? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, the, the short answer to this is you have to use calculus to do it as written. Uh, well, we, I mean, we, were, we were doing integrals to, on the Discord today to figure it out. <laughs> it's a vague, it's, it's vague. It's, you know, even with even with math, it's like when you're coding with a computer. Sure, you can tell it to do something, but you have to give it very clear instructions to get a desired output. You know, you have to say it is 50 percent as defined by blank. But even if you're not doing integrals, you have to the vehicle silhouettes are imaginary especially for something like speeder bikes. It's like, okay, it's the bottom of the armor to the top of the armor, and it's an entire disc the size of their base. So you have to imagine that silhouette. Then you have to figure out of that imaginary silhouette is greater than 50% of that obscured. And depending how you calculate, and then you have to figure out how you calculate that. And if you have to look from the feet, now you also have to really get true line of sight from the feet of the trooper on the table, which is a logistical problem, IRL. So this is honestly one of my least favorite changes. Yeah, the thing that we were arguing about on the Discord today was like whether or not every single 
line of sight line from the attacking mini counted towards the 50% essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> what, what does that even look like? You know, I don't like, know. It's, it's like, am I averaging 1% and 51% to get 25 or right. whatever, 26% or am I, is it like from half the spots if it's more than 50%? Like it, there's no definition people. It's kind of up in the air. We got to get a ruling on this. There's like a very easy adjustment they can make to this whole kit and caboodle, which I'm actually, I I actually think the rules as written read this way. Um, I know that a lot of people. I know it's coming. I know I, it's coming. <laughs> and I know a lot of people feel differently about this, but I actually don't think. So there was a, basically as the rules are written, somebody asked on the forums, like whether or not you um, like look from the feet. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think I think in the rules it uses the word any. Yeah. Um, so basically, the contention is when it says any, do you cert- basically do you look from every point or do you choose one particular point? Yeah. And and I would um, basically put forth that if they meant every, they would have used the word every. Well, um, that's not what they ruled in the forum. I, so I for totally the moment, agree. I totally yeah. agree. Um, and but I, to me, like it's an easy fix, and it solves yes. a lot of the problems. It does. It doesn't solve all of them. I don't want to get too far into kind of like here's how it could be, yeah, just because I don't want to kind of confuse people. But for now, I guess figure out something. We should, you know, we've got LVO in. I guess the good thing about this releasing two weeks before LVO less than two weeks before LVO, is that they have to kind of figure their stuff out pretty pretty fast. They can't take their sweet time because yeah. we have a world's qualifier event that is happening right away. So hopefully that means we get answers pretty soon. Before we wrap up, I missed... I'm, I probably missed a lot of things, but I missed one keyword that I think is really worth talking about. Sure. And that keyword is deflect. Yeah. Um, deflect... So what the change is that deflect at a ranged attack works like it always has been. If you spend a dodge, you get surge to block, and yep. you deal wounds to the attacker for every surge you roll. It used to be that if you spent a dodge in melee, you would still get surge to block. You just wouldn't do wounds back. However, now if you spend a dodge in melee, good for you, you do not get surge to block. So, importantly... Um, Gemso, Mastery, Anakin's still gives you Surge to Block in all situations. Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan's Mastery, Sorosu Mastery, still gives you Surge to Block in all situations. Darth Vader gets Surge tokens, so he kind of mitigates this. So really, the Jedi who don't like this the most are Luke, both versions, Dooku, and Maul. And they are expensive pieces that now I'm looking at, like, I love Op Luke. That's a huge risk. That's a roll in 50-50 saves against anything and everything. That's really bad. It's not good. I do like this change. Um, I think a lot of people are probably fall on the other side of that. But I actually, um, I really... I like that this makes the Jedi Masters. I know I know Dooku is kind of like left out of that, but <laughs> but like for for the most part, it it makes Anakin and Kenobi feel like really dope. <laughs> uh, thematically, 
thematically, I get yeah. what you're saying, but you could also say that, hey man, why is Luke so bad in, in Melee? Like, why is the Jedi Knight Luke or Dooku, this amazing duelist, why are they actually not so great when they actually get into Melee? And my biggest, my other big problem with it is, like many things, like, they are not costed as such. Totally, yes. They are still incredibly expensive. Like, all those models, you know, if we're talking Shadow Collective Mall, all those models can go north of 200 points. So, I want to get that in because I think that is actually, like, a really big change. Um, especially, I guess we can kind of transition to talking about how we feel generally about this. You know, part of why I... That, that, that change kind of makes me sad as I do love playing Rebels and I feel like they were in a very bad spot with how things were going and Op Luke and Han were kind of like their two big pieces and now they both took a really big step back for different reasons and they're kind of on the dumpster, you know, on the, on the trash heap I feel. But overall, like there's a lot of changes that I think I'm happy with, like they, that were yet streamlined, this works fine no no notes there's stuff where it's like okay that's a change i i guess it kind of feels like change for the sake of change and then there's certain things that just feel kind of half-baked right so it's a real mixed bag of emotions for me personally coming out of this um i don't want to be a naysayer just because like oh change is bad because it's change like change can be good but yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's weird when done right. I yeah. I tend to be pretty judgmental about uh, stuff that I perceive to be negative about the game. I I've mm. actually found that um, I have landed somehow on the more like neutral side of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Like I definitely think that. Um, I guess the way that I would put this is basically what has happened is they have created a new rule set. It does not make things simpler. Mm -hmm. It is just different. Yeah. Um, which is not necessarily a bad thing and also not necessarily a good thing. It's just, it's something okay. different. You know, it, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Um, it's not, I don't think, I wouldn't consider this a step forward. Um, I'm not sure. I think I think it could be a step forward, um, with some more work done. Uh, I think kind of like to your point about like the half baked stuff. Like it definitely feels like they had some ideas here that didn't get all the way to the finish line. Um, mm -hmm. And I think you know, I, like I was sort of alluding to before. Like I think there's some easy fixes to some of the things that feel a little wonky that could actually pan out to be pretty good. Like, I mean, I think the mm -hmm. streamlining of all the new, like, climbing and all that, like, um, I'm not in love with it just because, like, I'm staunch and stubborn in my, you know, old man ways. Mm -hmm. But uh, I could see how that would be simpler for, like, a new player to, like, deal with yeah. vertical terrain and stuff. And I think, I think a lot of the things that they've done there have really... I think opening up verticality is is can be a good thing like i do think that makes things interesting when you can move up and down i fear that some of the old verticality stuff has been devalued too much and you know i am worried that you know aspects of skill uh are being devalued in in a sense you know when we talk about los and whatnot but 
I, I think at the end of the day, too, part of my feelings about this is it's, you know, and, and probably for, for many people is just timing-wise, like, it's dropping two months before the second Worlds ever, and it feels like, as much as they want to say this is not an overhaul, like, it's, it's a pretty big overhaul. The game, we're about to hit the five-year anniversary of the game and have our second ever Worlds, and it's going to be with a, a brand new rule set. And that just feels weird. It's pretty close to a, a new yeah. game. I, I mean, like, it's, it's... It's a 2.0. It's a... It's a, yeah. it's a it's, I would call it a new edition. Or a 1.5. A 1.5. I do think the way that I've been sort of thinking about um, the skill aspect of the game, I think cohesion's going to matter, but it's going to matter less as far as, like, mm -hmm. the skill shots and stuff go. I, I definitely think... Particularly with um, the fact that they've devalued the objectives that are what I would consider to be the least aggressive um, mm -hmm. and incentivize people to take more aggressive objectives and objectives that um, perhaps with the exception of payload uh, really emphasize movement and like bombing run and breakthrough and like hostage exchange and stuff. Um, I think I think the game's gonna be much more about making sure that your units are on on the 2d plane where they need to be in order for you to win the game um, mm -hmm. and not that that wasn't true before but I think it's gonna be more true now and I guess just one last thing I'll say just talking about the timing I do recognize I think that it you can tell that it it kind of had to drop now because we are getting releases that are designed within these new rules right ruthless you look at ruthless coming out in february it had a donut under the old rules they're using the range two instead of the range one to two terminology that's new terminology it was designed under these rules right i'm guessing they probably wanted it to come out earlier so it wasn't so close to worlds if you look at when ig11 released and his command card having that same donut so you know delays happened and, and that's probably why we're here but i get that that's probably why they had to release it now because we it's not going to work to play units designed in new rules in old rules but that doesn't change the fact that it just you know it it, it feels weird that we're going to have a hundred people playing a tournament soon that qualified for said invitational with different rules in a different game but yeah it could yeah. turn out great we could have an awesome new legion we don't want to discourage anyone from like I like I'm not gonna pack up my stuff and, and sell the collection guys like it's <laughs> you, you better still not. Gonna, no thanks everyone for sticking with us I know it's a bit of a longer episode today part of that is because you know lots to cover and we want to be thorough part of that is because Seth's having a baby so I'm in charge of time and editing and uh, I, I like long podcasts I listen to a lot of them so thanks for sticking with us and you'll probably see myself and Mike next week in your feeds talking about LVO and our prep for that so keep an eye out. Thanks Mike for coming on on short notice. Yeah, thanks for having me man I'll see you guys next week. Peace out and stay gungan. This has been The Bombad Generals Listening to Bombad Generals is not scientifically proven to make you a better Legion player Side effects may include bad dice rolls, missed triggers, game losses bankruptcy, divorce, vomiting, and sudden death Ask your doctor if Bombad Generals is right for you